Hey, this is LOA Today, the Law of Attraction show. Welcome to LOA Today. My name is Walt Thiessen. Today is Wednesday, January 30th, 2013, and my guest today is Lauren Galley. She's the founder of Girls Above Society. She's an actress, a model, and a college honors student, and she created the organization to provide assistance and support to teenage girls as they face the numerous pressures and challenges modern society places on young women. Their website, www.girlsabovesociety.org, features Girl Talk, a series of frank conversations with teenage girls about subjects ranging from bullying to peer pressure to anorexia and a host of other similar challenges. And Lauren joins us today to talk about how this whole project got started and where she hopes to take it. So Lauren, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. We're happy to have you here. So let's start at the beginning. Girls Above Society, where did that come from? Well, I've always had a passion for helping other people, specifically younger kids. And, you know, growing up in society as a girl, especially in the acting and modeling industry, I've seen a lot of girls dealing with those dealing with those pressures and not everyone is blessed like I am with, you know, a support system, like a good family and friends. So not everyone has someone to go to. And when I thought about it, I realized, you know, they don't really have like a platform or any organization built that they can go to for advice or help or, you know, a boost of self-confidence when they need it. That makes total sense. You, you've actually accomplished quite a bit in your young life. You're, you're 18 years old. Is that right? Yes. And at 18, you've become an actress, a model, you're going to college, you've created Girls Above Society. What haven't you done in your 18 years? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I mean, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Like, it's crazy busy sometimes, but, you know, it's what I love to do. And if you have to lose a few hours of sleep, I figure that's more than worth it. Oh, so now we know what your secret is. You go without sleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> Something's got to give. Yeah, so. that, that's going to catch up with you. got to watch out for that one. You can do that for yeah. a few years. but <laughs> Right. I'll pick a day where I don't have anything planned and just catch up on sleep and my TV watching, and then I'm like, all right, back to work. <laughs> ah, there you go. Okay. So Girls Above Society, where did that name come from? That's kind of unusual I mean, when you think about it, Girls Above Society. Yeah. I came up with that. Um, I was trying to think of a name, and I was kind of going back and forth between a few things, and I knew I wanted the word society in there, because I feel like that's the main problem. Like, society is what is making these girls feel like they're not good enough. So I knew I wanted that, and I definitely wanted girls, so I was kind of messing around with that. And I thought of above, because it's like, we're we're better than society. We don't care about what society says. We're going to do our own thing and just forget about it. Oh, okay, I see. So the idea is that when girls think of themselves as being above society, it means they're not stuck in the muck. They're not stuck in, in the exactly. unrealistic expectations. Exactly. Okay. And how has it worked out? I mean, you've been doing this for how long now? When was this organization first formed, and what's been happening since then? Um, I came up with the idea about a year ago. Okay. But we just recently officially launched it, and... Honestly, the response has been amazing. I was, you know, I was reminding myself, like, okay, you have to be patient because these things take time. But, you know, kind of right after I started really putting it out there, I got a lot of responses from, you know, people I've never even met on Twitter and things like that saying, oh, I'd love to help in any way I can. And, you know, getting asked to do shows like this and 
just a lot of amazing responses. So I'm hoping that that continues and grows even more. So Twitter was your main uh, output focus, or were you using other ways of getting out there as well? Um, I've used, I'm using pretty much every social networking, but Twitter definitely has been my best bet. I've gotten a lot of positive responses from there. Kind of makes sense when we all think about the fact of of teenage girls and boys, uh, how prevalently they use uh, the, the social media, particularly Twitter. In fact, uh, I believe many schools actually have rules in place to re- prevent students from using Twitter during classes just because they, they use it so heavily. So that makes a lot of sense that you'd go to that medium. Yes, and that was kind of my thought process behind it was, well, we'll try and hit that really hard because I know all my friends can't put their smartphones down because they're like, oh, I have to tweet something. I'm like, put that down. <laughs> <laughs> What's been the response from the schools? Because that's where teenage girls and boys spend a lot of their time these days, as has always been true. But uh, I imagine that what you do has a direct impact on schools. So I'm curious what their response has been. Yes, it's been positive for the most part. We're just recently starting out. But um, but, um, I've contacted some schools, and I'm actually doing a girl talk at a private school coming up pretty soon. Uh We're getting the word out there and trying to – we're trying to spread the word, and um, Boys and Girls Country is an organization that provides, like, housing for kids whose parents are either in jail or on drugs, like, unfit to take care of them. And I'm going to be doing continuous girl talks there as well, and I think that's going to be amazing because, you know, those are the kids who are gonna, really going to benefit from it because they really don't have that support system there at all. Now, of course, anyone who wants to uh, hear a girl talk, they can actually go to the website, and uh, and actually watch a video where you are showing one. But for those who haven't seen it yet, just describe a girl talk. What's it like? What what happens? You know, what kind of participation is there? That sort of thing. What I do is I'll get whatever group of girls I'm with, whether it's you know a group from a school or a Girl Scout troop or you know whatever group book the girl talk. And I'll sit down with the girls and typically we'll watch a short film that I've you know acted in and that we've made. Um, we being girls about society, and they're about different pressures, you know, like bullying, suicide, judgment. You know, there's a range, and they can pick which topic they want to talk about with their kids. Okay. And we'll watch them. I'll just ask them, you know, start out with simple questions like, what do you think about the video? And I can ask them because in each video, you know, every character does something wrong. Like the bully obviously bullies someone. The one being bullied typically either doesn't tell someone or doesn't handle it in the right way. So we'll kind of go through that, and then I'll ask them, you know, who here has been bullied? And it's funny how no one wants to raise their hand until I'll raise my hand and I tell a little, you know, short story about how in middle school I had this one encounter with this girl and their hands kind of start going up like, well, that happened to me once too. And they all kind of start talking. And that's the main idea is to to get the girls to feel comfortable talking to their friends at school because, you know, you never want to go to mom because they're thinking, oh, it's been a bajillion years since she's been in high school. She doesn't know what I'm talking about. But, <laughs> <laughs> if you're able to talk to, you know, your best friend, then you know that she's going to understand because she's probably going through the same thing. And I think girls keeping it bottled up is a big source of the problem. Yeah, that makes so sense. So I'm trying to get them more comfortable talking to each other. And then after we talk about all that, um, we make a glitter jar. And it's this really fun craft. Um, really all it is is glue, water, and glitter in a glass jar. And it's actually been used by therapists mostly with young kids with anger management problems because it's really soothing and relaxing. If you sit down and, like, watch the glitter settle, 
So I tell them, you know, if you're ever feeling stressed or overwhelmed, you can watch the glitter settle and kind of forget about everything for a couple of minutes. And also, you know, girls love glittery things in their room, so Mm -hmm. they love doing that. And then to finish it off, um, we do a photo shoot, and we have a Girls Above Society backdrop. And they'll, you know, take crazy pictures with their cell phones in front of it because I tell them, you know, modeling is something that's brought me a lot of self-confidence. And it's helped me not worry about society's image of what I have to be or look like. So I tell them, you know, I encourage I encourage you to find your thing so we can try out, you know, modeling for today. You might like it. You might not. You can, you know, find something that you love doing. And they always have fun with the photo shoot because girls love to take crazy pictures. Oh, know? yes. Anyone, yeah, anyone with a daughter or a niece or a friend who has a Facebook page knows that. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Um, it's really fun, and I hope that, you know, they learn something along with, you know, having fun and they get to take a souvenir with them. So that's the main goal behind it. Okay. I, I'm wondering if, if you've ever heard any, once you got the girls talking, if you've heard any uh, input or responses from them on, say, the topic of bullying or any of the other topics that perhaps surprised you or perhaps was new or, or something you hadn't considered before, something like that. Yeah, actually, we did. I I tell the girls that they can tell a story about the time that they saw someone being bullied or they were bullied. But I tell them, like, don't use real names or you can say my friend, my brother, if it's about you or it can really be about your friend. You know, you don't have to say names or who it happened to or anything. But, you know, it's funny. The girls don't really notice it, but I do. And I can tell when they say my friend and they're really meaning themselves sometimes. Mm. And they tell some stories, and I'm like, wow, this girl's been through a lot, you know, and I just feel sympathy for them. Like, it's crazy that she's even here, like, smiling, having fun after all that. So it's amazing what some of these young girls go through, and it's changed so much, because I'm thinking when I was, like, 12, 13, I was just then starting to think boys were cute. I was, like, scared of them still, and they're telling these crazy stories. I'm like, wow, that's insane. It's been a while since I was a teenager. I, I, I even hesitate to say how long, but it, uh, let's just say it's been well over 30 years. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that uh, things have changed quite a bit. Bullying did exist, but it was not any kind of a major thing, and, and just the fact that it has become a major thing. First of all, I'm glad that people are paying attention to it, but second of all, it shows that there has been a lot of change over that time period. Um, so uh, somebody of my generation, one of the things we want to know is – how do how does bullying manifest these days? I mean, how does it tend to come out? I find that the people who are bullying others are really the ones who need help the most because usually they, you know, aren't feeling confident about something or they have troubles at home and they just want to take it out on other people. Hmm. So I feel like a lot of times people focus on the ones being bullied and forget and they don't think about the bullying. It's like, well, maybe they're the one with the real problem. I think that's kind of how it gets started, and it's kind of a chain reaction because, you know, if someone's bullied all through middle school, once they get to high school, they might think, oh, I'm going to show everyone else, and then they start becoming a bully, you know. So it's kind of like this movement that started, and we need to, like, counteract it. And so I'm trying to get girls thinking, like, you don't need to worry about them. If someone bullies you, you know, you should feel sorry for them because they probably have something going on in their life, and they're probably jealous of you for whatever reason, you know, so you should – just ignore them, or if anything, try and talk to them, be friends with them, but don't let it get to you. That's the main message. What if the bullying escalates? What then? Oh, I, I would definitely encourage girls to, you know, go to a parent, teacher, any type of adult that you, 
you know, trust and put it in their hands because young girls should never try and handle it themselves because that's just never going to end well. Mm-hmm. Okay. How about uh, peer pressure? I mean, that's something that even my generation recognizes. Everybody who's ever been through school recognizes peer pressure. What, how does that uh, play out these days? What what kinds of peer pressures are, are kids running into, and how do you discuss that when you're doing a girl talk? There's a crazy amount of peer pressure, especially in young girls, too, that I didn't even have when I was that age, like, you know, people are approaching them with either drugs or alcohol or boys are trying to pressure them to do things. That's why I kind of try to tell them, like, you need to find your, you know, group of friends that you feel comfortable with. And typically if someone's peer pressuring you to do something, you don't really want to do it. You're just trying to seem cool. And I, you know, I always give the girls a talk of, like, you know, the popular girls in school, it's not the end of the world. And like, I promise you, after you get out of middle school, high school, it doesn't matter who was popular. No one cares anymore. You know, so I'm like, you need to find your group of friends who, you know, they all do what you like to do. They don't pressure you to do anything. You just stick with them and don't worry about anyone else saying anything. So I think that's the main thing that girls need is, you know, to find that support system. And that's why I try and encourage them to, you know, doing sports teams or clubs or something that they like to do because that way you meet other people with typically your same morals and values to have the same hobbies that you do. And that will really help make a more, you know, healthy school experience. Oh, sure. And and the idea that uh, after school, the people who are the cool kids, the, the popular kids, that that is no longer true. Boy, that, that really is a valid point. And anyone who's gotten out of school can tell you that. But it's, yeah. it's, it's great that you're telling the kids that because when you're in that situation, you don't even realize that. I mean, your entire world is your school and your home, and that's pretty much it. So to think mm-hmm. that that can actually change, that's, that's quite a, an insight. Yeah, when I was in high school, I remember thinking like, Looking at the popular kids, I mean, like, how do they have so many friends and they're so popular? It's just so lame. And now, you know, now that I'm in college, I drive through Waterburger and, you know, they're doing nothing. They're not going to college. They're not doing anything. They're working there. So kind of like I'm not so jealous of them now. It's funny. There are even movies that have been done that, that talk about that subject. Uh, uh, an old movie dating back to the 1970s comes to mind, American Graffiti where uh, at the end of the movie you realize that not only is everybody going their own ways, but all the old relationships are, are changing. And, you know, the, their biggest concern is, my God, can we continue to be friends because we're all going in a different direction? Right. Yeah, that's quite a thing. How about uh, some of the more serious things? One of the uh, uh, topics that you mentioned is anorexia, which, of course, is very serious and has uh, mm-hmm. very deep roots, usually uh, in a person's family and, and school experiences. Um, how do you address that one? Because that one's a, a rather challenging topic. Yes, and that I've seen that a lot since I've been modeling, you know. I'll oh, be, I can imagine. Yes, yeah, like we'll have a, you know, runway show. And you have to be there early in the morning for hair and makeup. And they, I'll see girls that won't eat all day because they're like, oh, I'm going on the runway. And I'm like, eat fruit or something, you know, like. No, you're not going to walk out and someone's going to be like, oh, she ate this morning. It's girls who are already like six in. And they still feel like they need to not eat. And, you know, I've never in a girl talk had a girl say that she was not eating or anything. But, you know, if I did, I would definitely make sure that she consulted, you know, an adult or something. Because that's a very serious health issue. You know, that goes beyond, oh, I feel a little self, you know, um, I'm not confident about this. You know, that's a big jump. And that definitely gets more serious. And it's really sad how many girls feel like they have to either not eat or 
eat a lot and then go throw up. You know, I, it's horrible that girls feel that way because, you know, I love food and it's just moderation. You know, I think if you want to lose weight, it's important to teach girls that you just eat healthy. You don't eat less. You eat healthy. You exercise. You know, you do it the right way instead of just not eating because that doesn't help anything. I can't say I'm surprised that you haven't had anybody who's brought it up because um, my wife, Louise, who unfortunately couldn't join us today. She wanted to, but uh, she had a oh, change okay. in schedule, so she couldn't be here. But uh, she uh, it has a background as a therapist, and plus she also experienced anorexia in her own life. And, and one of the things that she's told me is that anorexics very rarely are aware of their own anorexia. Uh, really? They, yeah, it, it actually gets to the point where they look in the mirror and they don't see what you and I see. They mm-hmm. see themselves uh, perhaps uh, trying to reach and achieve the, this ideal that is really not an ideal at all, but the, this ideal girl image. and or, or it can even be for boys too, although anorexia is much more prevalent in girls. But uh, they're, they're, they're trying to hit this ideal, you know, perfect figure, perfect everything, perfect thinness and all that kind of stuff, and they don't realize, they don't actually see the over-thinness. They don't actually see the signs. You can actually uh, find uh, in popular uh, popular magazines, you know, the, the, the news counter, uh, I, I can't remember what they're called, but, you know, the, the rags, um, the, the National Enquirer is that kind of thing. You can see the pictures mm-hmm. of, of women who have uh, developed severe anorexia, and very often those women can't see it. Everybody else can see the bones sticking out and everything else. But the women themselves have trouble seeing it, and very often uh, they, it, it isn't until someone gets them to talk to a therapist or gets them to talk to a counselor that you know the counselor is able to to show them what everyone else is seeing, and it, it can actually be quite a revelation for them. So I, I'm not surprised at all that that uh, the girls haven't brought that up. If you had someone who did bring it up, that's probably somebody who's already in some sort of therapy. Right. Yeah, it's just crazy to me that that's even become a trend. Oh, you know, yeah. It just blows my mind. Well, I, I can't tell you all the reasons that uh, people become anorexic uh, because I'm not the expert that my wife is. But I can tell you what happened in her case, and she tells me her case is actually a little unusual. In her case, when she was growing up, now her parents were what are often called Depression-era kids, right? So in other words, they grew up during the Great Depression. And right. Depression-era era, uh, parents tend to have... Um, a lack mentality. So everything, you're very frugal about everything. You make sure you eat all your food. You make sure that no scraps are left behind. You, you, you know, everything is valued. Everything is, is, is treasured. And you never take anything for granted. Um, one of the other mentalities that comes along with it is you are very modest with your budget. You only buy just enough, just enough, just enough. And what her parents did unwittingly was they underfed her. There was never quite enough food, so she was always hungry. She was always looking for something more to eat and not able to get it. And that created a mentality in her mind that said, you can never have enough food. You can see how that would be extremely damaging. Yes, that definitely would be. Right. So that's And that's actually not the most common kind, but that's the kind that she experienced. I can't tell you what all the common ones are. I'm not an expert. I'm just telling you what she's told me about her experience, but... Right. I thought you'd That's find crazy. that useful. It is crazy. It is very crazy. Um, another item you list on your list of possible topics, depression. That's got to be a big one. I imagine there are a lot of girls, a lot of boys, too, who experience depression going through um, teenage years because that can be a very depressing time. Yes, it can. And 
I feel like a lot of the, you know, teenagers don't even realize that they have depression. You know, they don't really think about it in that way. They just know that they're not happy. Mm. And it goes, it all goes back to the same thing of like, you know, society's just gone to the point where it's like, if you don't look like this or even for guys, it's like, you know, the magazine covers and everything. It's like, if your girlfriend doesn't look like this, you know, you can't get girls and girls feel like, well, I don't look like that. I'm never going to get a guy. It's just this vicious cycle. And I mean, I can definitely see how a teenager could feel depressed if they feel like they're not good enough. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's why, you know, back to the name, that's why I really picked that name because it's like, you know, forget about that. And, cause, you know, I, I tell the girls that girl talk too, like everyone has something really cool about them. And I go in a circle and I have the girls say like something you really like about yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of the answers, it's, you know, everyone kind of has like a thing, like they either they love reading or they, you know, run track or they do something or they sing. You know, so I'm like, well, you know, not everyone's thing is to be a size double zero. You know, not everyone's born that way. But, you know, if you're a good singer, I can't even, you know, sing a note, right? So that's awesome. <laughs> I'm jealous of you for that. <laughs> you know, so I try to encourage them. Like, everyone has, a, you know, something they're really good at. Like, I know I envy my friends in school who, you know, take calculus and don't even think about it and get an A. And I'm like, um, what? <laughs> yeah. So, something that I... Uh, just thought of while you were describing and discussing that is a, a little game that Louise and I have come up with that we use when we're feeling down and we want to get ourselves picked up and get back into that happiness zone and so forth. We call it, what do you love? And it's the simplest game in the world. We just go back and forth trying to think of things that we love. It could be things, people, stuff that we enjoy doing. It can be almost anything, but the, but the whole purpose is to not only think of what it is that we love, but as we're saying what it is, to get enthusiastic about it. Because when you incorporate the enthusiasm, as you know perfectly well, the enthusiasm helps to fuel the feelings of goodwill and happiness and joy so that as you get to the next one, you feel even more happiness and joy. You can actually build yourself up from a a down state to a very up state. So I thought I'd share that with you just in case you ever wanted to play the game of what do you love with your girls and girl talk. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> it's a fun That's game, really too. Cool. In fact, there's a there's a variation that we do. When, if we get a little bit bored with just coming up with stuff, we'll play what we call the alphabet version, which is where we'll go through, and uh, if I go first, I'll come up with um, a word or uh, perhaps a phrase that begins with the letter A that is something that I love. So maybe I'll say, I love abundance. And then she gets B, and so she has to come up with something with the letter B. So she'll say, well, let's see, I love boysenberry ice cream, you know, and just keep working through that way. Of course, it gets a little challenging when you get to the Qs and Xs and Zs, but nevertheless, it's fun. And yeah, because that would it, be really fun. And because it's, it's a fun game, going to a dictionary is allowed. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to do that for X, because I think yes. the only word I know is like X-ray and xylophone. I don't really know that I love either of those. So. Xanadu is a good one. That covers a lot of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. But yeah, try that one. That's a fun one. Pregnancy, pregnancy, there's a big issue, and that has become a big issue, particularly over, I would say, the last 20 years, maybe 25 years or so. How has that come up, and and what do you counsel girls when that issue comes into play? Yeah, that, it amazes me how much, how many girls I know that are in high school that have kids. Um, Actually, the high school that I went to, before I graduated early, had a daycare at the school, and you could take um, a class called child development, mm-hmm. and basically it's where you, like, learn how to take care of little kids, which I think is good that they offer that class. 
but the kids that they were taking care of is actually um, children of the high school students. And so it provided like a daycare for them to use while they're at school. And there was 13 kids in that daycare. Wow. And that just blew my mind. I was like, not only are they have they been pregnant in high school, but they had their kid while they were in high school. Right. So the numbers are just getting crazy. And, you know, I think that uh, a huge issue is that, you know, they don't know how to, girls don't know how to say no to boys because, you know, all girls want a boyfriend in high school. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. But it's how you go about that. And I think self-confidence has a lot to do that because if you're confident enough to be like, no, I'm going to find someone who's going to treat me this way because that's what I deserve and I'm going to wait for that, then they're usually, you know, they're all right. But it's the girls who aren't really sure about themselves or what they want. They just know that they want a boyfriend you know, yet again, society kind of makes them think, well, this is what you do to get a boyfriend, since it's almost like a trend now to have a kid when you're, you know, 17, 18. They'll think, okay, I'll just do that. And, you know, those shows like 16 and Pregnant and Teen Mom, I mean, although on the shows it does show the negative aspects of the girl having the kid, at the same time, you can't help but when you watch a TV show, you love the characters. That's just natural. So it's like, oh, I love her, and she has a kid. So people want to jump on that bandwagon, and mm. I don't think they realize what they've done to their lives until after the fact. Because I know this one girl, she had a kid her sophomore year, actually, in high school, and she became, like, for some reason, really popular after that. Because everyone mm. thought it was, like, cool, which I was really confused by. But she, I actually liked her reaction to it, because she told everyone, like, you shouldn't be impressed. Like, this ruined my life. I can no longer, like, go out when I want to. You know, and she's like, and now I don't know, you know, what I'm going to do about college. So don't, like, be impressed by this. This wasn't on purpose. This was a big mistake. Good for her for saying that, That because that's another form of peer pressure. She could have kind of, uh, you know, fallen into the trap of, of, of vicariously living off of other people's praise and, and perhaps denying the other stuff that was going on. Good for her for saying, no, 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 this is not a good thing. Don't do it. Yes, I was proud of her for doing that. And she actually goes to my college now, and I'll see her around and stuff, and her kid must be, you know, four years old now, which is just crazy that she's my age and she has a four-year-old. And I'm mm. like, I'm not even planning on doing that for a while. You know, I can't even imagine having that because it really takes away your childhood, you know. She had no, hardly any teenage years for herself. You mentioned the importance of confidence, and, of course, confidence is very important. What do you what what do you draw upon to build your own confidence and also what do you tell others tell the girls to help them learn how to build their own confidence? I just really focus on, you know, I think it's important that you find something that you love to do and you pursue that and stick with it. And like for me it's been acting and modeling are the main, you know, things that are like de stressors for me and that's something I love to do. And it's something that, you know, I've been doing for a while and I know that I'm good at. So it's, you know, a big confidence boost, you know, to go on set and be like, I just nailed that scene, you know, or to do a modeling photo shoot and see the pictures afterwards and be like, those turned out amazing. You know, that's a big confidence boost. But if I tried to, you know, if someone said, oh, we're having karaoke night, that's not going to boost my confidence. I'm like, "Uh -uh, I don't want to do that because it's not, you know, something I'm great at. So that's why I try and... um, encourage the girls to find that something and really the only way you can do that is to try things and I think a lot of girls are shy and nervous because I know freshman year I don't think I was really involved in anything in high school I was just kind of trying to figure out what was going on but I try and encourage them you know because 
when my high school years really started getting fun was when I did get involved in I was in theater and things like that, and I had a lot of fun. So that's why I try and tell the girls, you know, find something you're good at and go, you know, go try something out. And if you're not good at it, at least you know you tried. You can go try something else after that. And I think that's really beneficial for young girls to, you know, find that thing they're good at because chances are that will boost their self-confidence. You know, if they find out they're good at soccer and their team wins the championship, that's an amazing amount of confidence that they get. And they're having fun at the same time. So I think that's, like, the best way to do it. And in, in addition to things that they're good at, I would imagine it would be things that they love because, I mean, you, you're doing modeling and acting, which are very high-stress industries, very high-stress yes. businesses to be in. So if you're going to stick with it, you actually have to really love it. You have to just, like, right. wow, I want to live and breathe this stuff. So I would think that would Definitely. be just as important, if not more important, perhaps. Yes, it really is. You know, it has to be something that you love doing and, you know, you have to find happiness in it. And, it, and you know, typically if you're doing something that you love, it's kind of like a a de-stressor. Even though the industries I'm in are, like, fast-paced and stressful, you know, if I'm doing a photo shoot, I'm not stressed out about what some guy I think is cute is thinking about me or my homework for tomorrow, you know. So it's a good escape from, you know, everyday stresses that high schoolers face. And if after school they're just coming home and sitting in their room, they have nothing else to do but to sit and think about all that. One of the concepts that's taught in uh, Law of Attraction Circles is the idea that if you're doing something and you can just keep doing it over and over and over again because it's so involving and so engrossing, that's the kind of thing you want to focus on. Whereas if you have to make yourself do it, that's your signal to yourself. It's not something that you're really loving. You're doing it for other reasons. But that's how you differentiate between what you love and what 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 you're just doing because you're good at or because somebody else thought you should be doing it. And and I found that to be really useful, the, the whole idea of looking for what it is that, man, every time I do this, I just want to do more of it. That That's why Louise and I do this radio show, because we love it. It's so much fun interviewing all these people. I mean, by the time I'm done with an interview, I'm jazzed. My day is set. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. And I imagine that the same thing would be a really appropriate for especially teenage girls because once they can – I mean, this is the exploration time of life, right, the teenage years, trying to find wh what jazzes you, what really gets you going because when you can – and you're going to try a lot of things. Everybody tries a lot of things. I'm going to try this for a day, try that one for a week, and so on and so forth until you latch onto something that, wow, I just got to keep doing that. I would think that would be the kind of message that teenage girls would really need to hear. Yes, definitely. You know – it's funny, when I was younger, I tried several sports, you know, because I wanted to play sports when I was younger. Mm -hmm. So I did t-ball, and I think I did soccer, and, you know, all this stuff. And I'm, like, the least athletic person. Like, I did not <laughs> play sports. But I, did, I didn't know that yet. And so after, you know, I don't know how long I played those sports. I don't think it was long. And so I came home and was like, Mom, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> That's, like, the only way I figured out that, yep, this isn't for me. Like, I'm getting killed. Like, <laughs> definitely not for me. And so, you know, but you have to have those experience and try something. And then you'll see the comparison of, like, when I did that, I was miserable. But now this is fun. You know, you can kind of compare and find something that really suits you. Do you run into girls in your girl talks who are on the shy side and a little reluctant to try new things, a little reluctant to, to join a new group and that kind of thing? And if, if so, what do you tell them? Yes, I've definitely come across that. Usually there's at least one in the group who you can tell is a little more standoffish or, like, unsure about the whole thing. 
And I try not to, you know, pressure them to talk because it's a group thing. So I don't want to, you know, pressure them to, you know, you must speak in front of everyone because I just going to freak them out more. So I just kind of, you know, I usually ask and I try not to point out certain girls except for whenever it's like, you know, say something you love about yourself. But other than that, it's a group discussion. So, you know, if someone doesn't choose to speak, they're definitely listening. And that can help just as much as talking about your problems as hearing someone else's and thinking okay, well, I'm not the only one, or, like, she handled that this way, if she's kind of having the same problems. And um, there was this one girl who was, they were doing the photo shoot, and she was kind of sitting back, and she didn't really want to participate. And I could tell she felt kind of, you know, shy, or maybe, like, she wasn't as, you know, pretty as the other girls. It kind of seemed like she was thinking. So I went over to her, and I was like, hey, do you want to, like, take a picture with me? And she was like, okay. So then I, like, caught her up, and we took, like, because the girls were doing, like, crazy poses, and I just took, like, normal pictures with her. And then I could tell then she was having more fun. So, oh. you know, you to find that girl and figure out, you know, well, why isn't she participating? And I can usually figure it out pretty quickly. I mean, if you're mad or, like, upset with someone, that's a big difference. than like, because I could tell she wanted to. She was just a little, like, didn't know how. Uh-huh. And once okay. I got her out there, then she kept taking pictures with the other girls because I kind of sneaked out of the picture before she even noticed, you know, <laughs> taking pictures with everyone else and ended up having, like, a fun time and the pictures were really cute that came out. So it's, sometimes it isn't that little extra push without even knowing that you're pushing them. I, I'm not sure if uh, parents still do this with kids, but I remember growing up, it, it would be usually the father, sometimes the mother, who would help you learn how to ride a bike. And what you're describing sounds very much like that. They're, they're yes. going with you, helping you push the bike, and all of a sudden they let go, and you're on your own. You don't even realize it. <laughs> Yes, and then, you know, I know when I was doing that, if I happened to fall, I would get so angry that you let go. <laughs> I'm sorry. But then, like, the one time that I didn't, I was like, yay, I'm, like, happy. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. One other thing you listed here as the, the different kinds of things girls face is anxiety. What did you mean by that, and, and how exactly do you address that? Is what? I'm sorry. Anxiety? Oh, Anxiety. Yes. Um, I think that a lot of girls are stressed out easily, and especially if you have, you know, family problems or problems with your friends going on, and then school on top of that, and nine times out of ten, your parents are wanting you, you know, pressuring you to get an A, which, you know, there's nothing wrong with that, they should, but if you have a million other pressures going on, too, sometimes that can be incredibly overwhelming. So that's why... And we kind of make the glitter jars with that in mind, too, because I'm trying to encourage the girls that, you know, if your brain is like, go, 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 and on stop because you have a million things in your mind, just kind of stop and think, okay, what's really important in this exact moment? You know, and focus on one thing at a time, because I have to do that oftentimes, too, because it's like, okay, I have three things to do by tomorrow, I have homework, I have this, and it's like, okay, we think about this logically, like, what do I need to do first, and then after that, I'm going to do this, and then I'll have time to relax tonight. You know, instead of if I just sit there thinking, oh, my God, I have so much to do, chances are I won't do any of it, and then I'll get more stress. So it's just kind of sitting down and thinking about it logically. And that's kind of what I try and tell the girls, you know, sit down, take a couple minutes to breathe and, like, think about this instead of just freaking yourself out all the time because that doesn't lead to anything positive. So I guess anxiety, in contrast to peer pressure, is more like adult pressure or authority pressure or parent pressure or pressure from the older people. Yeah, I mean, typically with grades, I think that um, that applies the most because, you know, all parents want their kids to do good in school. And, of course, if you're not doing your homework, your mom's going to be like, what the heck, why aren't you doing your homework? And 
school tends to kind of drop off if they're worried about what size they are, what boys like them, or if, you know, they're suffering from something like depression or anything like that. You know, grades are going to start to slip. And if they're already upset about one thing and their parents are yelling at them about their grades, it's like, you feel like you can't do anything right. So it's like, mm. you know, tackle one problem at a time instead of just trying to do everything at once because you won't get anything done. And that glitter jar, that's an interesting concept. That almost sounds like meditation the way you describe it. It kind of is. I have several um, from the girl talks that I made, and I, I like them, you know. I'll sit down and watch them, and it really is relaxing. If you just honestly are sitting down and just watching the glitter fall and you're not really thinking about anything else, it really is, you know, soothing and relaxing, and they're so easy to make. Are, are they sort the of like reason. snow globes? Is that what they are? A little bit, yeah, except the glitter takes, like, depending on how much you put in it, like between two and three minutes to fall about. But but it's it's suspended in a liquid or something like that. Yes, yeah, because there's glue in it, so it will okay. fall. And I like them a lot too because they're so easy to make that it's kind of one of those situations where you can't mess it up. Oh. So every girl at Girl Talk is happy with their result because you know it's almost impossible to not make it right. Well, that's good. That's yeah, when really you have good. the materials right in front of you, so. It's something that they're proud of that they made, and they're all showing off, like, oh, look at my color, look at the color of this one. You know, they're all showing theirs off, and, you know, it's it's the sense of accomplishment in a way. Even though it's a small thing, it's still something. So you say you've done Girl Scout troops and young church groups and, and uh, after-school programs and homeschool? You've done homeschool groups? Yeah, those are our main targets, really, because... Um, you know, small groups like that, and it helps especially when the girls and the girls talk know each other beforehand because they're mm-hmm. a lot more likely to bring something up. When you're in a room with complete strangers, you're like, I'm not going to talk about anything personal. Right. And, you know, maybe some of them even already know. And then it's an even bigger impact when, you know, say you're in a room with your friend you go to school with every day, and she says something about, oh, well, sometimes I get depressed about this. And you think, wow, I, I thought she was perfect. I didn't know she had any problems. And it kind of makes you realize, like, everyone does. And that's a very important message for sure. Um, yes. Your website says that Girl Talk is a program provided free of charge to the South Texas Community Programs. What is South Texas Community Programs? Um, really just any any group in that region oh, that okay. has a group of girls that thinks that they would be, um, you know, a good fit for a Girl Talk. Okay, so it's not uh, an actual organization. It's more of a description of what goes on yes. within your area. Because you're, you're from that area, right? Yes. And you're going to school. What school do you go to now, by the way? Um, I'm going to a community college. It's called Lone Star. Okay. And you're pursuing a degree in what? In clinical child psychology. Really? Yes. Oh, Louise would be very proud of you for that. What do you want to do <laughs> with that? Um, I really want to... Um, counsel young kids who either grew up in abusive homes or sh- showing early signs of you know, a lot of things we're talking about, you know, depression or, you know, any type of psychological disorder that they're showing early signs of. I would love to be able to help young kids who are dealing with that. And as I'm going through your website, I see that there is a page about a mini mag. What's the mini mag? That's something that I just started. And it has a lot of things for young girls. It has, you know, fashion tips, makeup tips. We have a mentor of the month, which is someone who's been very successful in their career, you know, a woman who's been extremely successful 
and um, would be a good inspiration for young girls to look at and say, you know, I want to be like that, or I wonder how she accomplished that. And one of our mentors of the month coming up is Melissa Wilson, who is a um, news anchor for Fox. Oh. I thought she would be perfect because if any girl wants to go into journalism, or even if they don't, they might read her interview and think, maybe I should try that and see if I like it. Mm-hmm. We have that. We also have a girl of the month who is just, you know, your everyday girl who's within the ages of, you know, the girl talk. And um, that's a good inspiration for her community and her friends, you know, that's involved in something really positive, is doing good things in her community. And I, you know, I'll ask some questions in the interview, like, how do you handle the pressures and how do you stay self-confident so other girls can read and think, okay, you know, I can do that. And it's kind of to try and get a wider audience because not every girl is in a sort of group that would fit for a girl talk. Okay. In this case, maybe they'll be able to read that. And, you know, there's also fun stuff in there, too, for them. So, yeah, I think it'll be really good. And at the Girl Talks, I'm going to try and hand them out to all the girls as well. So this is going to be a print magazine. um, It's going to be online, and I'm going to print some out, too. Um, Oh, I see. Okay. Especially at Boys and Girls Country. Especially at Boys and Girls Country. The kids there, you know, they don't really have Internet access and all that. So when I do the... Girl Talk there, I'm going to bring them all copies. I see, okay. So that'll be something really fun for them to look at. Um, now, this mini-mag, have you issued your your first issue yet, or is that still in the planning stage? No, that's about to be um, out very soon. Our first edition is February. Oh, so yeah. we're timing this perfectly to announce the forthcoming first initial launch of <laughs> the Girl Power mini-mag. That's pretty cool. Exactly. It's going to be released February 1st. Outstanding. That's really great. So that's something for uh, both people who have already been through your program to look forward to, as well as people who know that there's a, a Girl Talk session coming up and they're wondering what to expect. Well, now they know what to expect, at least one thing, that is they're going to get this magazine handed to them. Yes, definitely. So let's look a few years down the line. Let's uh, assume that the organization continues to grow the way you hope it's going to to grow and develop. Where do you see it, say, three years from now? I would love to see it a nationwide movement. And I would love to see other girls in their community, you know, hosting girl talks themselves and trying to get this to be a common thing for girls to talk to each other about their problems instead of, how it is now you know where it's me doing this you know it's something almost unheard of that no one's really done before and hopefully it'll become a commonplace thing I would love to see you know other girls such as myself taking the initiative and hearing about it and thinking they would like to do that because you know I can only go so many places and everyone needs help with stuff like this and I would love for you know other girls to want to do that in their community wherever they live and you know, slowly, one by one, hopefully we touch as many girls as possible and have as many girls hear about the movement and the organization as we can to try and, you know, really change the society standards for young girls and all. What? You mean that you can't be in 6,000 towns in 50 states every <laughs> single day of the, the year? What's wrong with you? <laughs> I know, right? I'm doing my best to get what do you think it's going to take for that uh, dream to come true? What do you think it's going to take for girls to start stepping up and saying, yeah, I'm going to start leading this kind of thing in my area? Really just, you know, the support that we've been getting and getting the word out there is the main thing as well. 
I think that there's a lot of girls who would love to do something like this and are passionate about it as I am, but it's just having the tools and the resources and, you know, the drive to really make something happen with it. So hopefully if it's like the idea is already in place and everything, then it's really easy for a girl to say, I would love to do that. And then they can go out and do it themselves. And then, you know, maybe their friend says, oh, I'll do that too. And they can do it. And, you know, hopefully slowly one by one, it'll be like a domino effect. Now, Girls Above Society has a board of directors. I, I give you credit for actually having been able to put together a board of directors so quickly. Tell us about the, the other people who are involved in the project. There is, um, the, our board of directors is incredibly helpful and amazing, and I would not be able to do any of it without them. Um, their advice and their help is just unbelievable. And um, Silk Kozar is on our board, and he was, you know, one of the first people who kind of jumped on board with us. He's been my acting coach for several years, and he's a actor, producer, and director from Hollywood. Oh. And um, White Men Can't Jump a while ago. He was in Conspiracy Theory, Free to Tango. He's been in several really successful films, and he's mm. a big inspiration of mine since, you know, I would love to follow in his career path. Sure. And when I told him about my idea for Girls Above Society, he was, you know, right on board because it's something that he's really passionate about helping young kids as well. So he jumped right on board with it and was like, I will help you with everything or anything you need. And so I'm really blessed to have him on the board. And then um, Gary Kreitz, I actually did theater with him when I was really little. And I've known his daughters since they were, you know, tiny, tiny. And they're still young, but when they were, you know, babies. And so I kind of grew up with him. And he's, um, you know, really passionate about helping people as well. And his daughters fit in the age bracket perfectly for our organization mm. so it's something that he feels incredibly passionate about because his daughters are you know right there and you know so he was like of course we'll help and you know his girls are really excited about it too they love the idea and um, he's a great businessman too which helps a lot because you know when it gets to those sort of aspects of an organization, um, you know, not the person that you should go to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, and then our other board member is Rachel Briones, and she is a director, and I've been in a couple of her films, and she's wonderful to work with, and she's been a huge supporter of mine, and helped me a lot with not only my career, but just anything in general, and so she was really, she's really excited about it, too, and she, um, um, helps a lot with the media aspects of the company. You know, since she has that, you know, directing, since that's her job, she, you know, has been really helpful with that. So it's an amazing group of people, and I'm really lucky to have them on board with me because it's one of those things where no one can do it by themselves. You have to have, you know, a group to help you or a support system of some kind. So I'm really lucky. Sounds like you have a great group of people there. The the field you're in, acting and, and modeling, of course, is a not only a high-stress field, but it's a very glamorous field. I can just imagine there are going to be some listeners to this interview who are perhaps in your target age group and who are thinking, well, gee, I wonder maybe I could do something like that. Um, but of course, it's it's not for everybody. What would you what would you tell to them? What 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 would you suggest in terms of how they figure out whether it's for them? And uh, if if they really do truly find there is a calling, what should they do? I would definitely suggest trying it out. Um, and and try it out how? It, well, the way I first got started with it was I did theater in high school. 
and that was kind of, you know, well, I did theater since I was really little, but, you know, when you get older is when you start actually doing, like, the big part. And that's when I really, you know, found out that I was kind of falling in love with acting. But since I'm not a singer or a dancer, musical theater wasn't really my thing. And in high school, that's, you know, the main focus. Right. So um, someone suggested film to me, and they said, well, maybe you should try film work. And you can easily, you know, look it up on the Internet and find, you know, little short films that are being filmed near you. Um, colleges do a lot of Colleges do a lot of student films. That those are really fun to do as well. So it's really easy to get started in. And, you know, like you said, it's not for everyone, but I think you can find out pretty quickly whether it's for you or not. So and you don't have to reach out to Hollywood. You, you actually can reach locally to find opportunities to do it. Definitely. There's a lot of local opportunities for it. And that's really, you know, how I've gotten started as well. And same goes for modeling. You know, there's a lot of photographers in the area who they'll do trade for print, which means, um, no one pays anyone. You're just doing the photo shoot, and the photographers get the pictures for their portfolio, and you get the photos for your portfolio. So you're just kind of trading off. And that's a great way to start as well, to find out. You might do one and say, oh, my God, I hated that, or you might say, I love that, I want to do another one. Would you recommend that if, if there's a girl out there who wants to try this kind of thing out, that she just go out on her own and, and try to contact people? Or, or would you recommend that uh, she ask her parents for help or, or a teacher? Or how, how would you do that? Definitely ask your parents because although most of the time, you know, things are pretty safe, there is a few people. You know, you just have to be careful. There's weird people out there. So I would definitely suggest, you know, finding an adult to help you with it. And... You know, you can find people in the area that are more than willing to help you out if you're really interested in it, that are, you know, experts in the field. And I think for acting, the student films is a great place to start. They'll put up casting calls online and things like that. And, where, you know, do you, where do you look for that kind of thing? Um, I know that if you look on the Internet, you know, casting calls for student films in Houston, I'm sure several things will come up. I don't have the website off, like, the top of my head. but Just, just a regular Google search. Yes, definitely, because there's so much in the area. You know, there's more than you think about until you really go out and look for it. And you're mm -hmm. like, wow, I didn't realize there was that many filmmakers out here. Okay, very good. Well, Lauren, this has been delightful hearing about your project and, and all the good things you've been doing with it. Uh, are there any last messages you want to leave with uh, girls who might be listening in, uh, perhaps uh, girls who, who think that would be really cool to go to a girl talk about the raising one in their area or, or who just want to find out more about your organization? What, what can you tell them as a last passing parting thought? Well, I definitely encourage everyone to visit the website. It's girlsofsociety.org. And it has, you know, everything I've said and more on it. it. has ways to contact me and our organization and tells you more about the Girl Talk. And there's a lot of cool videos up there you can watch. So I encourage everyone to check it out and hopefully spread the word about it and get excited about it and try and get a movement going to end, you know, society's standards. Very cool. Lauren Galley, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure interviewing you. And I wish you the best of luck both with Girls Above Society and with your own career. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed talking with you. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody.